Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 414 Deli. It's your boy, Cisco. As always, with your boy, Ryan. What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. Uh, no victory any days in between the last, uh, this recording here and uh, our last episode. Yeah, and probably some people are like, bro, you had 10 days to record. Well, life fucking takes over. Thanksgiving, family. Yeah, Thanksgiving. I was, dude, I was sick as hell for a whole week last week, or the week before uh, Thanksgiving. And honestly... For all the listeners, you know, all four of you, We're like, losers. it's We're not, losers. yeah, it's not really fun. Not that we avoid talking about it. It's just like victory I'm, Monday feels so good. And then, I mean, honestly, we probably talk about the losses more than we do when we win. That's because the losses hurt more than the wins feel good. And that's kind of what it is to be, in my opinion, a true fan, like a real, like diehard fan of any team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The losses stick with you. You replay plays that you should have played. You know, you you think about the times you should have played better. Well, like it's, the pl- it's different too when you're losing, and like it's close, right? Because you can do that. You can say, "Wow, we're about two, two, three plays away from this game being different," as opposed to get blown out by twenty points. Well, if we had seven plays go our way like that, you know, you're. At that point, you're just like, yeah, we fucking suck, you know? Yeah, and I'm a, so we're 4-8. We're pretty much all but mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. What do we I have, think we have to percent chance? Yeah, I don't even know if that's, like, that's, like, Accurate. some dumbass stat track bullshit that, like, I don't know who fuck what little node made that algorithm. But <laughs> the thing with it is, like, I don't believe those things. Like, we're still technically mathematically alive. Yeah, but we need so much help that I mean, for all t- intents and purposes, like we're fucking dead. Like, yeah, well, and that's the, okay. and, the, and the problem is this last week we got the help. Detroit lost, Tampa Bay lost, um, and somebody else lost. The Falcons. Yeah, you know, and then I mean, granted, it was a tall task, right? Beat trying to beat the Eagles. That you know. Yeah, but here I'm gonna make a comment that I don't believe is gonna be very. Like, you may disagree as well. Um, I don't think across, like, Packer fans, it's very, like, a common thought. But we're 4-8, and eight, and I really do believe we could be 9-3. and three. We could be 8-4. and four. We could be 10-2. and two. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think we – Outside of the Vikings game. The Vikings game. Every single game. Yeah, and, like, the, the final scores don't – obviously, like – watching the game and knowing the like knowing from like a fan's perspective how important momentum is and things like that like we really weren't out of any game with the exception of the vikings and i will sit here and argue i would argue like maybe not till i was like blue in the face but i'd make the argument that the vikings game was a winnable game if it started differently and i know we're talking 12 weeks ago right but like yeah that play or that lack of play changed the trajectory of that whole game. Like, you know what I mean? It, yeah. But you, you never know. Play. Yeah, I'm, yeah. But you never know, right? Like we're talking what ifs and this is a what if. So for the people that do listen and is go, sitting there going, what a fucking homer, what a loser. Like this is a what if it's a hundred percent a what if like, but, but we, all these are, that's, that's part of being a fan. It's all about what ifs. Cause like, and Every, honestly, you know, we if if you're if you're a, a Seahawks fan, what if we ran the ball to Marshawn Lynch, right? We'd have a Super Bowl, maybe. 
Yeah, and that's it's the all thing. About and that's the thing. Like, I fully believe that you and I and, and a lot of other Packer fans or, like, fans in general are pretty realistic when it comes to, like, hindsight. Like, if we were – say we were 9-3 and three and we were winning the games the way we're losing them – I would sit here and go, hey, we we could be four and eight. We could be three and nine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But we're but we're winning and we're making plays. We're making crucial plays when it matters, and that's the difference between being four games under five hundred and four games over five hundred in the NFL. Yeah. The last three seasons, we went thirteen and three, thirteen and three, thirteen and four. We were winning the games that we're losing this year. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And like, people want to fucking make it less simple simple um they want to make it difficult that's this that's the simplified version of where we're at today the talent's there the execution isn't and we can sit here and talk about the coaching we can shit on joe Barry. we can talk about the offensive scheme i'd like to see more run heavy play action type stuff um more press man coverage but in the end like and we'll we'll we're gonna dive into the Titans and the Eagles game. Probably not the Titans game as much because it was over, you know, almost two weeks ago. Yeah. And we had chatted about that prior to jumping on here. But like, Joe Barry, I, I don't believe Joe Barry is a good defensive coordinator. But I'm going to stand here and defend him somewhat. Joe Barry didn't miss 23 tackles on Sunday. And dude, that is such an insane number. Like. That's a legit stat in case people aren't aware of that. There was 23 missed tackles against the Eagles. Like, I'm, I actually, it could be. That almost sounds fake. It could be more. I'm just, it's 23. Thinking about it. It's 20, it's 20 or more. And I, I believe it's on the, the higher end of 20, uh, like five, like closer to 25 than it is 20. And that's why I went with 23. But going for off of like Matt LaFleur never calls out the exact. He always says like 10 plus or 15 plus or but he said 20 plus, which means it's between 20 and 25. Otherwise, he would have said 25 plus. He's pretty outgoing when it comes to that. He just doesn't give the exact number. Yeah. But here's the thing. They ran and, and you could have multiple missed tackles on one play. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully understand that. They ran, I think, 60. I didn't look at the stats to be exact but i think they were in like 60 around 65 plays that's over a third of the plays we missed a tackle on if it's one a play right yeah yeah. that's fucking sickening that that's so gross so like joe barry's not missing those tackles joe barry russell douglas got beat for two touchdowns russell barry russell douglas uh, joe barry's not getting beat for those touchdowns russell douglas was in position both of those touchdowns, he was in position. Let's not sit here and go, well, his scheme didn't allow Basul Douglas to play man. Both of those were man beaters. You got beat one-on-one. Yeah. That 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 one to Quez Watkins at the end of the half, like, that was a killer, too. Cause that is a back missed, shoulder fade that you missed the ball. the ball. Yeah. And, and, and then and here's the last uh, – like last point on the Joe Barry thing. Cause I know that's like the big, and I am on the side of fire Joe Barry. Okay. So I don't want people to sit here and go, Oh, well, he's like this Joe Barry homer. No, I, I think he needs to go. I don't think we make a change in the middle of the season. Cause it, what does it do other than opens up this weird void of like, 
And, and I think Matt LaFleur is doing what a head coach is supposed to do. He's supposed to support his players and his coaches, even when things are bad. Yeah. Well, so, and, like, and, and we talked about this because obviously I'm a huge, uh, not Joe Barry guy. You know what I mean? But like when we talked about it and, and, you know, just even you bringing up that stat, like he isn't out there tackling, you know what I mean? So like, it's a two way street. You, you can have a bad defensive coordinator you could have a bad scheme, but right. But even before like Gary and Campbell got hurt, like we were still paper, making the same, but yeah, we were on, still playing the same way. Yeah. On paper, <coughs> you still have talent. You should be able to kind of, kind of get past bad schematics, right? Like to an extent, I yeah, agree. And not, here's and where I'm going to defend two way. That's why I say it, it's a two way street. It is. But the people that are sitting here going and we know them. I mean, I'm not calling any of our friends or family out like that's not what I'm what I what I mean by is we know them is we know the people via, you know, social media. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it. But I mean, I know the rhetoric is fire Joe Barry or what the hell is uh, Matt LaFleur doing not blaming Joe Barry. Well, one. He's a fucking dude's dude. He's a, he's a pro. And yeah, he might be a coach. He might never have played in the NFL, but he shows the same respect to his coaches and players that he expects from them. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want Aaron or Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams when he played for us to go up there and be like, we suck today schematically. There's times where they may say, hey, we, we had some bad play calls today. And Aaron yeah. said that, and I've supported that comment but he's not bashing his head coach and and, and Matt LaFleur is not going to do that either yeah I mean as a fan it's easy for us to sit here and be like what the fuck you know like you call him out and all that but you know what I mean you, you what you does that, that day or two you're like well it's just it's a profession this is a profession it, from a professional standpoint what does that do now here let's 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 talk in more hypotheticals right yeah say we fire Joe Barry and I think you and I both know who we want to be a defensive coordinator because we know he's gone from his certain spot. Well, yeah. At least I do. I don't know what you think, but well, he was for for those that aren't yeah, uh, aware. That's... Jim Leonard is the interim head coach, or was the interim head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers after we fired Paul Christ. He's a defensive coordinator, and he was passed up for. I don't. We can maybe get into it at the end, but for. In my opinion, one of the worst hirings, Wisconsin coach. I, I just don't agree with it, but you and I differ on that, and we can yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But um, he was passed up, and now you don't go from being the interim head coach back to the defensive coordinator. Jim Leonard is leaving Wisconsin. There is no, there is zero doubt in my mind that Jim Leonard stays. Personally, yeah. like Rich Bisaccia then would have stayed last year on the Raiders, right? Yeah. Because he, he did well. I thought he did well as a head coach. And I'm glad which Versace left because I think our special teams is much better than it was last year. Dude, fucking thousand times. <laughs> but but here's the thing. In 2018, when we fired Mike Pettin, or maybe 19, um, one of the finalists for the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator was Jim Leonard. And that well, was, he was with... The, he was their number one pick, let's be honest. I don't know he, if he was. He turned the job down. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I th- I thought they went with no, uh, he, Barry. He he turned it down. He said he wanted to go back to Wisconsin, which so which yeah. in my head, and I know this is not really related to Packers shit, but I 
thought in my head, I said, if he's going back, somebody must have told him, like, hey, dude, stick here and you'll be the head coach one day. So it's kind of fucked up. To it's see not. not I don't think coach. that's crazy for you to think, because right when you said he turned it down, I was under the impression he was passed up for Joe Barry and he was like the two. No, um, he, was, he was the number one guy. There is no is, doubt in my mind that you don't go to a historic franchise as a defensive coordinator to fix a talented yet underperforming defense. Because in 2019, we still had talent. Yeah. Right. We weren't. Yeah. We were underperforming well, under and, Mike Pettin. And, and I think too, like the the thing the thing that's good that that like is attractive to me about Jim Leonard is that outside, okay, outside of this year or whatever, you know what I mean, like. It, while he's the while he's been the defensive coordinator, he's done really well. No, I not I, the greatest talent. I would argue that this year he's had, he is his defense has been better this year with unknown and un like lower caliber talent. Like I know you just said like up until this year, but I think you're counting really the season as a whole. I think that that what he's done defensively this year for Wisconsin is unbelievable. Other than the yeah. Ohio State game, have we given up 30 points? Like, um, I'd have to go back and look. But, like, our run defense is unbelievable. He turned Nick Herbig into a fucking star. The yeah. dude's a star. He's a well, stud. I mean, he's given... and, and look at a lot of these other guys. I mean, even a guy like Van Ginkle is playing in the league. He just uh, returned a, a interception or a fumble or something for Miami, I think. But, um, but you my know point I mean? is, he's not leaving to come to Green Bay midseason. That's not what, like, that's not no, how it but works. I think, I think if you really want him, you got to let him know the spots open. It, you can tell him snatches him up. You can tell him that though. You can tell we're not making the playoffs. Like we just talked about it, we have a two percent chance according to some nerd. Like. That's about as low as you get. We, we lose this weekend, or if one team wins, I think like if Atlanta wins, we're mathematically out. Like we can win on Sunday, and someone else wins, and we're out. So, like you can then go, okay, we are now out of it because you don't fire a defensive co- coordinator while you still have a chance to make the playoffs. Like that's ins- you know what I mean. Like then what do you do? Say we go on a run, and other people, other teams don't, and then next thing you know, we're in the playoffs, and you have this interim. That may not even like now our well, defense is okay. Let's, I mean, but let's be honest. If we fire him and we go on a run, you don't need him. Doesn't mean we went on a run defensively. We should not have been in that Eagles game, but our offense played lights out. Our defense yeah. gave up 363 yards and we still had a chance to win that game. Yeah. So, like, we can play bad. We've, dude, don't like, we can go down this road if you want. I'm, la- I'm like smiling because. We can pull up the stats of how many times we've won 10 plus games and went to an NFC championship with a below third defense. Like Rodgers has done it before. You don't, you don't need Barry then. You, you don't, but you just don't do it for like, I think when you fire a defensive coordinator, you've acknowledged uh, an offensive or defensive or head coach. You've almost acknowledged, Hey, we're moving to next season. And that's okay to do, but that's I don't a, know. I don't know. I, I do. I, mean, I personally think it's like yeah, one of those things know. that when when but you're not bringing someone in. Like let I don't no, know. That, just yeah, like what that is it? You're not doing. But you're gonna to me. Okay. Again, this is here. Different. Another hypothetical. Now I'll give you one quick. Yeah. Okay. Say we fire him. It's not going to happen because that's not how the Green Bay Packers organization works. But say we do it. 
Although I say that's not how we work, but we fired uh, Mike McCarthy. We, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say whatever. that. Whatever. But, but, but historically, we don't, right? Yeah. So say it does, and we promote, I think if there's anyone on the team that we would promote to that, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, like interject who you think we would promote, but I think it would be Jerry Gray. The he's our defensive coach? Yeah, he's our defensive backs coach, backs coach. Yeah. but he's been there the longest, and he has that, like, I think he calls the plays in the preseason – at, you know how like Matt does that, you know the yeah. Stenovich, yeah. So I think Jerry Gray is like the defensive coordinator for preseason games. So I think it'd be Jerry Gray. And say Jerry Gray goes on this, they go on this run, and Jerry Gray is found to be this. What do we have left? Six, ga- five games? No, uh, yeah, five games. For five games, Jerry Gray has a top ten defense, right? Are we then almost committed to having Jerry Gray as the coach next year, as the defensive coordinator? Uh, I mean, I think you got to consider it, but I don't think and you I don't, have to. I don't like that, though, right? Like, that's the hypothetical that I don't want to get into. I want something fresh. I want something okay, but, new. I want. But what about the hypothetical that that he becomes the next great coordinator, and you wouldn't know it because he's sitting on the sideline with Joe Barry running the show? You you're you're right, that's... but I don't know. Like to me, the upside of bringing in, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna name a few, but I mean, I've already made it known. Like I want Jim Leonard to come be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. I got it. I've said it. I said it in 2019. I said it as soon as they hired fucking Luke Fickle. What did I say? Bring Jimmy to Green Bay. Yeah, we both like, said it. Yeah. Immediately, like that was my first thought when I was disappointed in Wisconsin for not promoting Jim Leonard because I wanted him as the wisconsin head coach but now that he's not going to stay at wisconsin which i that's my feeling it's not known but i don't think he stays as defensive coordinator knowing now like oh i was passed up in the best position and i've had my all pro running back and my all pro defensive end both say they're idiots if they don't make jim leonard the coach right so like now you have two of your best players trying to like convince the athletic director and it still doesn't happen, well, then it's never happening, right? Like, what, 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 how, in what world could that then happen, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't understand how it could ever happen. So he's gone. So what, where do I want him next? At fucking Green Bay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's a Wisconsinite at, at heart. Well, like, he played for the he, Jets for a while, but. He, he played in the league for like eight seasons, I think. But I think it was all with the Jets. It might not no, have been all Ravens. with the Jets. He with the Ravens too. Oh, did he? Yeah. I know his big, like, he when might he have was. He with the Browns, too. Hold on. You keep talking. I'll, I'll well, talk. so my, my point is would you rather, and again, I do agree with your sentiment about Jerry Gray, and we're using him as an example, but we could use any defensive coach on the Green Bay Packers current staff. You don't know what they could be, but. I would rather have a Jim Leonard, a Vic Fangio. Uh, there was one other name, and he just left my thought process. But, like, uh, he was the head coach for the Broncos before Hackett. That was Fangio. Yeah, that um, was Fangio. Zimmerman. Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Not Zimmerman. Oh, okay, from Minnesota. Mike Zimmer from Minnesota. So, like, I would rather have one of those three and keep Jerry Gray as defensive backs coach and let Jerry Gray coach the defensive backs the way the defensive backs should be coached as opposed to this soft, uh, like, linebacker-driven offense or defense, you know? So, like, I just don't know. 
everybody said it from the start and now we're just three years into it and we're seeing really what everybody said and i think there was a lot of like uh there was a lot of lipstick on the pig yeah but but joe barry's never been good let's not forget this is the guy and now we're back into that joe barry bashing even though i i <laughs> I, I, start, I started this off by supporting him. Like, it's yeah. not on well, him. The, the, but it's not like you're. The, there's only one defensive coordinator. Because it's a two way street. The there's only one defensive coordinator that's gone 0 16. And it's Joe Barry. <laughs> Yet somehow he found another defensive coordinator job. Yeah, man. I don't right? know. Maybe, uh, maybe he knows something that we don't. I don't know, man. I don't know how he's got a job. I just... And I remember when we hired him, and I remember, of course, being a fan and you're defending, he doesn't have the talent on those teams that he's got here and blah, blah, blah. And now look at us. We're like... Yeah, but I have to, right? Because I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers. So I, I have yeah. to have that uh, yeah. that yeah. fucking no blind... Else. Yeah, I have to have that blind optimism that we brought in the right guy. And... I'm also willing, and you know me, man, I, we go back and forth in the group chat how much because I'm a homer. I don't shit on Aaron. I don't, Aaron had some really good throws Sunday and he had some bad ones. Like, yeah. let's be honest. But I said, and you, and we can go, and we went back and forth about this in the group chat. We can do it now if you want for the, for the listeners. But like, I, I think his thumb has played a lot into his poor play this year. And and amazingly, what did Matt say yesterday? He still leads the NFC in touchdowns. <laughs> like, how, like yeah, this is I the mean, worst that, we've seen that, in. A, yeah. yeah. Is yes. A, I, a, is that like a compliment or is it I, the NFC is just not that good this year? Hey, you can say that, but it's still, he's still producing. Yeah. He's not producing like we expect him to. That is, again, I am going to say that is our fault. We have set those expectations because of the standard that he set. So, like, he's still playing better than – I'd don't. i still say he's playing better than 20 other starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Like – I mean, in, in – But he's not, play, he's not playing to the standard we expect, and yeah. that's what's disappointing. And I, I know Matt shits on me all the time because I'm a homer and I constantly, you know, have his back. I'm saying right now publicly, like, Aaron Rodgers has not played up to the standard that he set. He set it. You set the standard. Back-to-back MVPs at the age 36 and 37. You set the standard. And that's okay to not play that way. But I do think he's acknowledged that. After the Tennessee game, the quote that had everybody's whatever, I missed some balls today. Yeah. I threw wobblers that I normally don't. And everybody's like, oh, is it the thumb? And then the thumb injury came out and – Old boy from Make-A-Wish out here <laughs> scooping on us. Like, what? Bro, you're supposed to be dying. Why the hell are you releasing uh, Aaron Rodgers' fucking hot takes? <laughs> you know how that got released, right? No. Did you wa- You don't know how his no thumb fracture no got released? What talking about. You have no idea. Oh, this is great, dude. You're going to love this. I'm so glad I get to tell you this story because I was laughing my ass off yesterday when I found out. Well, I found out like a, a week ago and I didn't really understand it until I like did some research and then I just couldn't stop laughing. So he met with this Green Bay Packer. So make a wish. 
I mean, we all know what Make a Wish Foundation is. It's yeah, like kids with fucking the, the kids are dying. Whatever, they're dying. So it's sad. I'm not making fun of the kid for dying at all, but he's like a Make a Wish Foundation kid, and his make his wish was to meet Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's also a Packers blogger slash vlogger slash podcaster, whatever they're called today, right? Okay. So I guess in this like setting where he met Aaron Rodgers through the Make-A-Wish Foundation, he asked Rodgers about his thumb, right? And I guess Rodgers was honest with him, not knowing this kid podcasts and blogs and vlogs. And he told him, like, I have a broken thumb. It was broken after the Giants game. I do about an x-ray a week, and it hasn't really gotten better. This fucking guy leaves this meeting with Aaron and fucking does a podcast and says – Breaking news, Aaron Rodgers just told me he has a broken thumb. And it broke it in the Giants game. And this isn't me making it up. Like, here's pictures of us today. And it's like, bro, you're supposed to be dying. Like, and you're just out here like, (laughs) and they were laughing about it. That's hilarious. On Pat's show, they were laughing about it. And and Aaron's like, I didn't know this kid was going to go tell people. Like, I thought I was meeting this Make-A-Wish Foundation kid. And he wasn't mad. He was like, I'm not mad at him for doing it. He goes, good on him. He goes, way to go. Like, but like, I mean, he, he it, duped me. Yeah, like, you'd rather you'd, you'd rather see that than fucking Adam Schefter get another breaking story. Like, who gives a shit about you, Adam Schefter? And I think the best part about it was like, well, not the best part, but the part that if you watch the uh, the interview or the the whatever they call it, it you know, yeah, they uh, he says the reason I'm actually upset with it is I told him I had a fracture, and that was it. <laughs> then Sunday morning, what came out? He has an avulsion fracture, one that technically requires surgery all this details about his actual medical situation, which he says can only come from inside the Green Bay Packers. So he's like, yeah, I was okay with Mr. B. That's his, that's this kid's uh, podcast name. I was okay with Mr. B releasing that I had a fracture. Like I thought it was funny. I was taken aback because I didn't realize this kid also was a podcaster who has like thousands of followers. Yeah. I was upset that somehow my medical record, like my actual medical record and the actual injury was, was released. And, and only a certain number of people know that. That's interesting. So like whoever the fuck in the Packers organization saw this initial report, like, Oh, his fractures out. Guess what? He has an avulsion fracture. And it's like, bro, what the hell? You know, like (laughs) what? Like I didn't do too. I didn't tell Mr. B that, you know, fucking Mr. B out here breaking, breaking news and shit. But I don't know, man. I know you and I go back and forth and we differ on a lot. We differ on should Rodgers have played. I think he should have. I think we still, uh, I know we're four and eight, so you can shit on me for that. But I think we still are better off with him uh, at where he's at now than without him. But Again, that's just a feeling. I don't know. You can use the two, the two and a half possessions that Love had and, and say, well, look what he did with his opportunities. Sure, that's great. 
Yeah, I mean that's a stretch. Even I know that's a stretch. And I mean, I would now I will say this: I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend what Ewan said. I'm gonna defend what Matt said. And I haven't heard from Love. I don't know if he did a press conference or any type of conference this week. He looked good. I will fucking say that, and I'll stand by it. Like that pass to Watson, people are like, "Oh, it's a, it's a fucking routine throw in the NFL." No, it isn't. No, no it's not. <laughs> uh, a 17-yard fucking rope. To a dude running a four three is not a, a a normal throw. Yeah, like that ball was put in the perfect spot for him to catch it and prove and show his athleticism. If that ball is a step behind him, he gets tackled. If that yeah. throws a step in front of him, that ball gets intercepted. He put the ball right on his numbers where nine could or number where nine could catch it, turn his hips and go. Like yeah, and we saw. We've seen the talent when it came to the jump ball against the Titans, which I think, like, we could talk about more. That play was unbelievable on yeah. Watson. Like, yeah. that's what, when we drafted him, we said, holy shit, we have an athletic freak. That showed it, right? Yeah. But the other side of that is a 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver running across the middle, catching the ball, and then hitting 21 miles an hour down the sideline. That's nuts, like, man. It's bro, crazy. And I don't know about you, and this is where I'm like, my head spins, like, not uh, technically, but like internally, I'm like, duh, what the fuck? He doesn't look like he's moving. Like, no, it's very like fluid. It's very like, I, I what did I, I? Okay, when I watched that play, right, talking about the love pass. Yeah. When he turned, I didn't think that he was, I was like, oh, he's going to get tackled. I was just like, oh, hey, nice catch. You know, nice play. And then he, I was like, oh, shit, he's gone, man. He's fucking gone. You can like, ask Jen. As soon as he caught the ball, as soon as he caught the ball, and I wasn't even, like, excited. It wasn't even, like, an excitement thing. I literally, as, like, calm as day, I just went, he's gone. See, I, I was and the then, for me, man. I, and I then thought, when he – go ahead. I thought he was going to get – you know, caught, man. That, that's what I'm saying. It's impressive. And yes. here's the, but here's the difference. And I don't know if you did this in the off season. I did. After we drafted this kid, I watched like all of his highlights from North Dakota. This was him yeah, in college. Yeah, there wasn't this, like a whole bunch because they no, there, a lot, but yeah. There weren't, but every time he, if you remember, every time he got it on like a jet sweep, if he hit the corner, he was gone. He was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. what I, I said. As soon as he caught the ball, I said, he's gone. And Jen, like, started getting crazy. And I never even, like, got excited. I was excited, but I never, like, jumped up and cheered or anything. And afterwards, like, we high-fived. And I, to- I-, I just looked at her and said, I told you he was gone. Like, because it was like, I've seen this before. I've yeah. seen this kid yeah. catch the ball in open space. And he is faster than everyone. And people, and I think it's the way he moves. Like you said, it's fluid, right? It looks yeah. nat- it It's it. I think another word for it would be natural. It looks natural. Yeah. Um, it's like no effort. And, and like to it, me, it doesn't need the effort. To me, from a defender's standpoint, it looks as though he's moving slower than he is, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's gone. Right? Like I think we saw that from Devin Hester. Like and that's Devin what, Hester. Yeah, that's what that's what being like like you said, fluid and natural, or you know, like um, it's effortless. They they don't look like they're like there's yes. guys that look like they're running fast, like. They're putting all their effort, their whole body. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a Packer that that looks like he's given everything he has anytime he's 
moving. Kayshawn Nixon. I love it. But that motherfucker, dude, when he's running, I'm like, this dude is a road runner. He's moving. He's moving. But he looks like he's moving. Yeah. Whereas when when he looks faster than he probably is. 100%. Whereas Watson looks much slower than he actually is. Yeah. You know, and I think, like, to kind of like, I know that we didn't even, we were like, probably, we're kind of off track, but not at the same time. But like, that play against the Titans that he had the jump ball, right? So you see the jump ball, you see the size and the athleticism, um, you know, the, the strength. Then you look at these plays against, um, you know, that play against uh, Philly and you see the speed, right? You see the, um, the technique, right? How he cut, caught the ball and made sure that he could turn and hit his stride right away, right? You're starting yeah, to see I think that's... things that made him so intriguing. You yeah. Just, in college, you didn't see enough of it because of their offense. So, and it's a gamble. Everything's a gamble, right? You know what I mean? Like, it is. And I'm going to say. You're starting to see, like, why they did what they did to trade up to get him. And I just don't think, I know it's a second round pick. And let's, like, for a second, let's just think realistically, right? Like, there aren't many rookies in general that come in and make plays day one. Yeah. So, like, not only are we talking holistically, we're talking now a second round uh, D2 athletic freak. It's going to take him time to adapt and just kind of figure out the NFL, like, figure out ball. Because he's really, I mean, let's be honest, at his skill set, just athletically, he's played against the B team. And I'm not saying division two players aren't good. Like I wasn't good enough to play division two. I don't think I even know anyone that was probably good enough to play division two. I probably do in whatever, but my point is the game from division one, Alabama to the NFL is a, is, is a step up. So how do you think this kid felt going out there in, in March, April and May and looking across the field and seeing Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that isn't the fucking competition he played against at North Dakota state. So it's going to take him time. And what we, we didn't have, and this is, this is a failure on our front office is we didn't have time for him to develop to develop. And we're, we're looking at that now from the first eight weeks of the season before he stepped it up three weeks ago, yeah. four weeks ago that we needed the Deshaun, uh, the, the Christian Watson of weeks nine through 12, we needed that weeks one through five. Yeah. Because if he was playing the way he's playing now, the beginning of the season and take the injuries away, I'm not even considering those, but just say he was healthy and he was playing the way he's playing now. I do believe the season's completely different because it changes the trajectory of your offense. They can't load the box anymore. And guess yeah. what they guess what else they can't do? And we saw, I think it was Dallas. They refused to load the box, which is why we saw Aaron Jones run 24 times for 115 yards. Yeah. But we also saw Deshaun Watson catch three touchdowns. Why? Because he takes the fucking top off. And we don't have that. We didn't have that. And yeah. now we do. Well, and if you have. He's got confidence now, I think is the difference. Like this, the skills and all that are the same, but I, I think that in those I beginning do. weeks, he didn't have the confidence and maybe also not like knowing Aaron Rodgers as well as he probably knew some of the other players because they were in, you know, the, the 
uh, voluntary camps and all that stuff, right? So like, yeah, but now I mean, he knows I'm gonna who he is, and maybe those mannerisms that people talk about that Aaron, you know, that Rogers has, like, oh, you know, that's it make it's dejecting for the players. Maybe he's now understanding, like, it's just because he knows that he's better than the way he's playing. So now yes. he's got the confidence, you know. And I think he's still dropping balls, but he's not yeah, he dropped the first head. one on Sunday. I guess they didn't they didn't actually classify that one as a drop which i thought was interesting yeah um, i thought that was a drop. mainly mainly because i think it's interesting because i think we have a fragile and he should be fragile the kid's 22 years old yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying like i'm not shitting on the dude man and when i was 22 i was fucking fragile m- mentally too right yeah, right like yeah. i'm not i'm not some fucking i'm not sta- standing here on my high horse going oh he's a professional athlete you should be more mentally strong bro he's 22 yeah like fuck off like let the kid I mean, live look at the story that Devonte talked about how he wasn't even he didn't even love football anymore and yeah but we That's how asked bad it got, you know? we asked the kid to go up overnight and he he couldn't do it and and i'm not i'm not shitting on him he just couldn't do it because i don't know who can I mean, there's not too many of these guys come out. The receiver is a hard position to come out as a rookie and be have a huge impact. Well, very few offenses often. translate. Very yeah, few, you like you don't, you, you can don't really see it. You you see it. I feel like you see it more with defensive players than you do offensive players. And if it's on offense, it's usually a quarterback or a running back. I think there's two positions that you see it immediately. Two positions that you see it, and if it's not there, it probably will never be. Offensive line, for the most part. Now, if yeah. you're going from a zone scheme to a man scheme or a man scheme to a zone scheme, then maybe they drafted the wrong guy. You know what I mean? Like your team might have set you up for failure. But theoretically, offensive lineman, day one, you can come in and be the same guy, in my opinion. Similar. Not not the same because you're playing now against these grown-ass men. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's still the same thing, right? Nothing is massively different schematically. And pass rusher. Pass rusher is the second one. Because why? All you do is fucking run. Like, you, you, quarterback, you go get him. That's it. I don't give a fuck what you do. You go get him. Oh, okay. Like a J.J. Watt. Like a Rashawn Gary. Now, there are guys who are drafted, in my opinion, too early for their body type. Like, like Rashawn Gary, in my opinion, is one of them. Rashawn Gary, when he got drafted, don't get me wrong, I am a 6'2", 6'2", 195 pound fucking twig. Rashawn Gary came out probably six foot between six foot and six two, two fifty pure muscle. But there's a difference from him when he was drafted to today. Yeah. He is le- yeah. he's toned now. He's leaned. He's like he's like grown up. You know what I'm saying? Like he's matured. He's matured. Yeah. These guys. So he didn't come out the pass rusher like the the defensive players of the year, the defensive rookies of the year, like the JJ Watts and that. But JJ or not JJ Watt, uh, TJ Watt. TJ but Watt. TJ, but TJ Watt's body has not changed since he joined the NFL. He might have gotten stronger, but he hasn't like dramatically changed. In my opinion, Sean Gary came into the NFL kind of fat, and I'm not shitting on him. He's a fucking unbelievable athlete, and he was when he was drafted, but he was a little overweight. He was a little out of shape, and now he's just like this machine, if you will. Like, he yeah. learned what it was like to be a professional. Because yeah. he was in – I don't know if a lot of people know this. Sean Geary was the number one player in the nation when he was recruited by Michigan. Not just defensive player. He was the number one player in the nation. And then he had 
I'll use air quotes. Nobody can see them, but air quotes. He had three miserable years at Michigan. I did some research after we drafted him because you know me, man. I'm like, whoa, what are we doing drafting this miserable yeah. talent out of Michigan who I fucking hate? So I'm already like, Ugh, I don't like this guy. Um, and I read. I think it was like 70 to 80% of defensive snaps for Michigan. He was double or triple teamed because this is back when Michigan wasn't the number two team in the country. They weren't very good. He was their only player on defense. So what did they do? They just loaded up the offensive line against him. So now you have these pundits out there going, oh, fucking, you know, Green Bay reaches for a Sean Gary out of Michigan, a defensive end who played well below, uh, uh, you know, expectations. And it's like, bro, I was playing against the Big Ten, who's historically known for their offensive linemen. I'm getting double teamed by these historically known offensive linemen, and I'm still making plays. I'm not yeah. making them to what you fucking want me to. But and and you you can't tell me that a 19 to 22 year old doesn't read Twitter every goddamn day. Well, I yeah. don't care. Yeah, I mean, so you know what I mean. Social media plays a big role with, especially with the younger guys. You know, it's just an. I mean, it's just how it is. But I'm, what I'm getting at is we go back to that confidence thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Christian Watsons, the Rashawn Garrett. When people are like, oh, this guy hasn't played up to expectations, give him some time. You know, like what rookies come in and make an impact day one? It's it's rare. Like we're so – we were like – we got fucking uh, spoiled with Elton Jenkins and these second and third rounders. Well, not third because we've historically – but second and fourth rounders – because the David Bakhtiari's and yeah, uh, I mean, Aaron Jones was a fifth. I think Dobbs is a fourth, but my point is like, we got spoiled with these ladder rounds really coming in and playing well pretty quickly. And now it's like Christian Watson has a few poor games in the beginning and it's like fucking bench him. What Goody's a terrible GM. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Goody's not a terrible GM. Like no, I don't. Ted Thompson terrible. was historically bad at the end of his run. And yeah. Goody had to somehow fix his roster. Well, and then, you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes when you see these guys come and become GMs, they're, you're, they're not dealing, for the most part, they're not dealing with a salary cap issue where, you know, the quarterback is getting, you know, 30, 40 million a year. Usually a new GM is coming in to a team that sucks. Yeah. So they got, they got a little bit more to work with. You got better draft picks to work with when you're taking over a team. Because, right, usually when you fire your GM, it's because your team has been trash. Like Yeah, and I believe Ted Thompson sort of stepped down. Like, he did get fired, but he sort of stepped down. Um, but here's another thing that people don't talk about. And I know we, we evolved almost to, like, a – we kind of we're going away from the game and we've kind of evolved, yeah, is... evolved somewhat to the off season. <laughs> but in, in, I don't, I think what another thing that people lose with the, the Goody discussions is he had to deal with the coaching change where personnel wise, um, his current personnel didn't work. Right. Yeah. So I shit on the AJ Dillon pick 100%. I did. I didn't, I didn't like it at all. But let's look back. I think that was Matt LaFleur's first year. If Matt LaFleur didn't have that second workhorse back, would we have gone 13-3? and three? 
three times in a row, 13 and four, the second yeah. to last one. Right? I mean, it's, because a, a it's draft, the way. A draft is hindsight, man. Because, like. It is. At, at the, you know, there, don't get me wrong. There are times when even a fan can say, wow, that was a bad pick. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, like uh, think about the Raiders when they took Darius Hayward Bay. Like, they picked him, like, what, like, eighth or ninth or some shit like that, and he ended up sucking. But when you look at the guy in school and college, he was fucking nuts. Yeah, so, like, and that's you're, the... You're, you're, it's, it's always a gamble. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, look at... I mean, I guess look at Tom Brady. He was a backup quarterback. Got picked in, what, the seventh round? Sixth yeah, round? Yeah, I'd rather stay away from that one because I have my own fucking thoughts on that. Yeah, but but I mean to have the longevity yes, but, in the league. But in the to... end, like Tom Brady is the, you know what? I'll bring it back to the Packers. Before Devontae Adams, who expected Donald Driver to be the all-time leading yeah. receiver in Green Bay Packers history? He was yeah. a seventh-round pick out of Elkhorn State. Yeah, get good, the fuck good, out yeah, of here. That's a good. That's a good one. You couldn't. And he, had, hey, and he had a long career. It wasn't flash. And it wasn't. And it wasn't a, many years. Here's the thing about the Double D's, man. He, he was the dude. He was a dude. He was the guy who fucking blocked. He played injured. He was good in the community. He's still good in the – like, Yeah. it is amazing to look back on that and go, holy shit, man. We really took advantage. Like, I took for granted what Donald Driver was. I think as fans, we all did because we just assumed – like, this is the, you know what I mean? But no, dude, he was a seventh rounder. He was written off. Like, yeah. And so, it, it, I, I, it's a crapshoot. I mean, even it, look at Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was like a fifth round pick, I think. You know what I mean? Guys like that, like, it, it's a crapshoot. The, the draft is never a sure thing. And you can and, get it right. And you can come in from the other side. Anybody can do it. You can go, oh, well, look at Charles Woodson. He was a first round pick. Yeah, okay, motherfucker. Like, but there's no reason he was a first-round pick. He won a Heisman. He won this. And I'm yeah. using examples because other like pundits could come back and be like, oh, for every uh, late-round pick that succeeded, I could find a, a, a first-round pick that – yeah, okay. Well, every late-round pick that failed, I could find you a fucking first-round pick that failed. So it well, goes back to the, the – it goes thing. back to the underlying point you're trying to make. It's There is no guarantee in the draft. Yeah. Like – you can take the clear cut number one, um, fucking Ryan Leaf. <laughs> like I, I'm not again. These guys were more talented than I'll ever be. I'm not like, but they didn't pan out. Yeah. And and to, for people that sit there and go, well, that guy was a bum. Eh, fucking leave the dude alone, man. Like maybe the system didn't work for that individual. Maybe the fame didn't work for that individual. Maybe like. Well, I mean, honestly, dude, the people that are saying. That guy's a bum are guys that are sitting on their couch and could never play. And are bums. Anytime I call someone a bum, it's because I'm mad as a fan and I expect them to play better. But deep <laughs> down, I know that guy's got more talent in his fucking left toe than well, I have like, in my it's entire It's like when those people were talking shit about Brian Scalabrini and uh, oh, he, dude, he invited dude. him to the to the gym and he worked him, bro. He worked almost bro, every the, guy that came in there. I don't know why anybody would talk bad about the Red Mamba, B. Like, come <laughs> on. But you know what but I mean? Like, we, I do. It's, it's easy as a fan because you see all the great players. So when you see a guy that's not good, you're like, wow, he sucks. You know? And, and yes, I know also there are 
times where guys don't get a chance that are better and then they go somewhere else and then you see how good they are. But that's just that happens. It's a gamble. It's all it's again, it's just a crapshoot, man. Like you know, outside of a guy like LeBron where you're like, Oh, you know he's gonna be great. If LeBron tears his ACL in his second or third year, then you know what I mean, he might not be great anymore. It's there's never a guarantee. Like yeah. everyone's saying, and we're kind of getting off track even more, but everyone's saying Wembiana is the next. He's already being crowned the greatest player to ever play basketball. Yeah. I've yeah. seen the kid play. I've, well, I've seen highlights. Don't get me wrong. This kid is a stud, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a great NBA player. Yeah. I mean, now are the odds in basketball in my opinion, my, 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 my honest opinion is it's easier or more likely for a stud 19-year-old in, in basketball to become a stud in the NBA than it is in the NFL. That's just my personal opinion. I think the NFL takes maybe a little more grit and, uh, like, I don't know, like, internal, like, moxie, if you will. Like, I don't know. I just think it's harder to play in the NFL. I'm not – they're both hard to play in, but – well, I, I just think, think the NFL, they, the NFL also though you you have a shorter window of time to be good. Yes, but I think when you're 19 and unbelievably talented, you can be that in the NBA as opposed to the NFL, where you're 19 and guess what? You're smaller, you're weaker, you're yeah. slower. You you know what I mean? Like you haven't grown into your body yet. Yeah, you're playing I think, against. I think like a, a good comparison to make, like to show how the window in the NBA is longer for a player to show they're better. If you look at Giannis and if Giannis say Giannis doesn't become really good until two years ago or last year, he's still so young that you're going to be like, wow, I I still got a gem in this pick. I still have 10 years. I I still, yeah, exactly. Where in the NFL, if you come in as a 20 year old running back and in two years, you're not putting it together. You're probably not even going to be on a roster. Well, don't you have to play three years in college in the NFL for, to even come into the NFL? Yeah, or but is... I mean, I mean, you could be, you could still come to the NFL. I was seventeen when I started college, my freshman year. Okay, so twenty, but yeah, yeah, okay, so you oh, can so come 21. in at twenty. Say you're a twenty-one-year-old running back in two years. You're twenty-three, and if you're, you're not probably together, you're not on a roster. Yeah, I agree, and I mean, you might be, but the chances are lower that you're just... on a roster. You're bouncing around probably from. Uh, uh, preseason training camp and practice squads. So know? I think the point I was trying to make for the NFL NBA comparison is in the NBA, you can be less mature uh, physically if you are more skillful. Whereas in the NFL, if you don't have the physical maturity, you can be the most skilled person ever. And it's going to take time because you need physically to grow. Yeah. Right, because like, you take one wrong hit in the NFL and your career is done, because you're not big, you're not you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough. Whereas in the NBA, and I'm gonna use this player as an example because I think it's the best example we've ever seen, is Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph yeah. Curry is a six foot to me top ten player of all time because of his skill. He is skillfully better than any shooter that's ever played this game. You can put whoever the fuck you want on him and in a 60 minute game or a 48 minute game. Sorry. I was thinking football 48 minute game. He's probably going to work you. 
He's not stronger than most point guards. He's not bigger. He's not faster. He's more skilled. He's flat out more skilled. And you don't see that in the NFL because all it takes is one bad move and you get hit by a 300-pound fucking lineman. Because you thought you could cut inside because you had the, the wiggle. Like, let's look at uh, OG3. OG3, in my opinion, is one of the best examples. That dude had skill. Yeah. Ridiculous skill. But guess what? He wasn't physically made for the NFL because his body type wasn't there. And they ran him and ran him and ran him thinking he would just be able to outrun everybody. He would be able to. And he broke down. And he broke down. Andrew Luck. (laughs) Andrew Luck. He was physically big enough to take it. And guess what? Four years of just getting his ass whooped by 300-pound linemen forced him to retire at the ripe age of like 28. And guess what? His skill level quarterback-wise was probably top 10 all-time. Skillful. Just skill. Yeah. That man could throw the ball anywhere he wanted to. Yeah. But his offensive line forget, sucked. People forget that he was that how good he was. Because he got sacked 55 times a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you can only take so much in the NFL. So I guess what I – like, my thing is, like, we don't – As fans, we have a really, really poor understanding of the time it takes to transition from a really good or a a solid college player to a good NFL player. It takes time. Do you have lightning in a bottle? Of course. It exists everywhere. But for the majority, it takes time. And we're seeing that on our team right now with with Sean Gary. We're seeing it, in my opinion, with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones right now, I, I will argue that Aaron Jones right now is more physical than A.J. Dillon. Yeah, man. He's a, he's a strong guy. But he shouldn't be. I think he learned how to run behind his pads. And I bet you in two years from now, we're going to laugh if we remember this conversation because I think A.J. Dillon's going to learn. A.J. Dillon already does it, but he doesn't do it consistently. I feel like every time Aaron Jones makes touches the ball, he makes somebody miss. And it's not just making a miss by juking them. He's running through tackles. Whereas I feel like every time A.J. Dillon gets touched, he ends up getting tackled because it he doesn't run through the play. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he tries like, to overpower it? He sort of does, but he almost like it slows him up. And then the rest – he's gang tackled on almost every play because not one guy can bring him down, but it slows it up enough to where the play's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or I don't know if you've noticed this, but I noticed it and it kind of drives me nuts. If a player goes low on AJ Dillon, he goes down and it, instead of like just running over it, he is, I don't know if it's protecting his legs or if it's like trying to punish that guy, but it always results in him going down, you know? Yeah. And maybe you'll notice it more that I brought this up, but I've noticed it recently. Like, and don't get me wrong, I actually really like AJ Dillon, and he had a really good game. I felt like every time he touched the ball Sunday, he made a play, and I thought we should have ran him more. <clears throat> but I don't know. I think the whole reason we got onto this was the Christian Watson and people after you know week five, six, seven, going, "This guy's he's a bum." A, like we fucking, 
He's a bust, and now I I don't mind. Like you said, you use it when you're like, man, I think you should be playing better. But people, I think people throw the word bust around so like nonchalantly, and it's like, dude, there are so many variables that go into what you consider a bust, right? Like a fifth round pick is considered a bust, but not to the standard that a first round pick is considered a bust. There are variables in the situation, right? So like. Oh, we traded up for him, and he can't hold the ball. Ball, he's a bust, bro. Devonte Adams was a bust then for what two seasons, three, two, three seasons. I would like to go through and, like, I don't have the time for this, but I would Obviously, love to have the time to we go through about the games. <laughs> no, I meant like not you and I. I mean, oh, like on like my own. General, yeah. I'd like to go through the last five drafts, like for the Packers, and take just their first two years. I would be willing to say that 75 to 80% would be a bust. <laughs> you know, we would yeah. be like, oh, that guy was a bust. That guy was a bust. Kenny Clark, guess who was a bust? Kenny Clark was a fucking bust. We also yeah, drafted him at the age of 20. Yeah. And now he's not having a good year this year. He had a good first four weeks, and now he's, I mean, Dean Lowell, he's weighted higher than in PFF. But my point is, we as fans want immediate. It's the fucking social media era. It's a social media. Um, <clears throat> what are, I think we've talked about this before. Like, it's the immediate likes. You know, I post a picture, and if someone doesn't like it, I get sad. Or, and it it what it's it goes back to. I always bring it back to social media because I think it's fucking terrible. But it's like the immediate satisfaction. We need immediate satisfaction. We signed Rasul Douglas to this contract, and he hasn't played like he did last year. He's a bust. He's a bad signing. Somebody told me recently, this is the truth, and I, I hope it fucking baffles you like it did me. We signed Devondre Campbell, and he's a fucking piece of shit now. I said, like, what? He got hurt. Uh, he's been hurt for five weeks, and he was our best defensive player before he left. Yeah. So I don't know what you want us to – like. Injuries, injuries, I think – for most players, I would say 90% of free agent signings, injuries are just an unfortunate event. Now, there I want to just. That, there are guys that you're like, man, you know that guy's injury prone. I want to throw a caveat out. Oh, by the way, that was the first time since 2018 Devondra Campbell's missed a game five weeks ago. So yeah. he's not injury prone. So no, I still no, stand no, behind. No, but, no, I know. I'm just saying yeah. for that specific example. But I also want to throw out this little tidbit of info. That person that said that, I don't think they listened to this, but I think it was an emotional, which I agree with, emotional comment. Like, we want, we need more out of this player. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with you, but let's look at it from a realistic standpoint. The young man got injured, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't an injury like, oh, well, Aaron's injured. He's playing through it. Well, this dude obviously couldn't play through it. He's been out five fucking weeks. Yeah. Well, well they, didn't put, they didn't put him on IR. Yeah, because it's not always known how serious it is. Yeah, sometimes you think a guy's ready in three weeks and then he's not, but maybe it's not going to be another four weeks. Maybe it's only another week. So you can't, you know what I mean? It, that's all hindsight again. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I think sports in general, from a fan perspective, is hindsight. 90% yeah, of it's hindsight because we I can't believe, live. I you can't I live. That. Yeah, but you can't live in the moment because. You're always looking at, well, what we could, what could we have done better? I said this to someone recently, and I'm going to bring this to a personal thing. I run that play where I tore my ACL 
over in my head, I would say probably a hundred times a day. <clears throat> and I don't know why I do it. it. I just do it. And every time, probably, I mean, there's times where I, I like ghost, I like think about it and then I don't even think after, but every time I have a thought after it that pertains to me is I go, why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> because I was so to, to like, you've seen me play football. I'm yeah. super competitive. <clears throat> I don't go out and like, there isn't a way for me to go out and give 70%, 90%. Like I, I play to win. I don't care if it's with fucking 12 year olds. I'm not blasting 12 year olds, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I still, yeah. play. Like, I mean, I still dude, play. Dude, we, we played as adults as if like, we looked forward to those games as if we were real players. So like, that's yeah, how competitive it's, we were. It's competitive. Uh... Really, we're all idiots out there <clears throat> playing with no health insurance. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. And I'll yeah. never, I'll never, I'll, I miss those days. And now I have health insurance, thank God, because I need ACL reconstruction. But my, here's my point. I, so I'm, it's like second in goal from like the 10. And we're up fucking three touchdowns on this team. To bring it back, I'm playing on an intramural team. And it's flag football. <laughs> and here's where it's uh here's what kind of makes me laugh inside but i also get super disappointed due to injuries in the past like mine they stopped uh they stopped allowing people to rush the quarterback and you had to <laughs> count to five mississippi you got to think this is a professional like my professional job so yeah. they, they're trying to minimize they want people to still have fun but they're trying to minimize the injuries as much as possible yeah. so you get five mississippi to throw the ball and it's seven on seven flag football in five seconds. I could find anybody like it wasn't that no one was open. I just wanted to extend the play to try to find someone in the end zone. Cause it was second and goal from like the 10 and the team we were playing. This, this isn't a knock on them <clears throat> all younger athletic people, but they just weren't very good at football. So I was like, it was a clinic. I think in the first half I threw one incompletion and it was, a tipped ball that I threw maybe two inches too high and it got intercepted. Other than that, I threw three touchdowns and I don't think I threw an incompletion. Like I was people on gonna, one, you know, what? people are going to listen to this episode and, you're <clears> and think see, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You're going to see tweets about you. Like, bro, you should be playing instead of Aaron. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. But, but. To get out of my own, like what people probably sound, it probably sounds cocky. I was playing really well, right? So I was like feeling it. So instead of just throwing, I don't know, a simple pass, whatever, <clears throat> I go, I'm going to run, you know, because I still have the legs. But now, mind you, I have a fuck, I have two torn ligaments in my left ankle. So I probably shouldn't have been running anyways. I should have just stayed a pocket QB, but my competitive nature doesn't allow that. So I get to like the three and there's one guy to beat. And I'm like, I can beat this dude. This guy is not as athletic as me. So instead of just juking, I hit him with a right plant and a spin move. Now we play on turf. And as soon as I spun, the ACL blew. Like halfway through the spin, my left leg went, or my right leg comes up and I just fall. Like it happened as I planted, you know? But it was because of the spin. Every doctor I've talked to now, it's three of them. I've talked to three surgeons. Every single one says it's because you spun. It's the torque 
the ACL really only blows when you're making a sudden movement that involves turning. So if I would have just went juked laterally, I probably wouldn't have tore my ACL. So I keep running this through my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't even know how we got on this conversation. We were talking about something, and I, I had a point, but then we started bullshitting. You're about, about, you were talking about Devondre Campbell, and we we're just talking about like, like how people are talking. You know, like, oh, he's a piece of shit. Or yeah, like they happened. I was in probably the best shape I've been in in years, even with the ankle. You know, yeah. and it just happens, and it's unfortunate as hell. But like, I don't know, man. Like. I don't, I think it's changed my mindset on like injuries now that this happened to me. Cause I've really never, I mean, I've, you know me, I broke my ankle a few times in high school. You've had, they weren't, for sure. they weren't, yeah, but they weren't super serious to where yeah. it made me, it sat me down for the next 12 months going, shit, if I don't take this rehab seriously, I'll never walk the same again. And things like that. But I don't know. I just think it's, uh, Back to that hindsight's twenty twenty. I think that's what we were talking about. That's yeah. So the hindsight thing. Like I look back on it and I can't change it, but I can't stop thinking about why did I spit? I have no idea why I did it because I <laughs> wanted to beat the guy in front of me. You know what I mean? You like did, my competitive you nature. You're just playing. Yeah, the you competitive think, nature. You don't to... think about those things in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure guys are get concussions they're like why didn't i just go down why did i try to get three more yards because you're playing the game you're trying to win like that's the point of playing yeah that's what it comes down to and that's how i get myself from like i'm not going to call it depression because i'm not depressed i get myself out of that little rut of like being down about being injured i go back to like well you were just being you (laughs) you know what i mean like don't get down about like, cause I'll never apologize for being competitive. Yeah. Especially if I'm doing it respectfully, like I'll, I'll definitely apologize if I was rude or if I was like not being a good sports, like if I was showing bad sportsmanship, I'll be the first one to be like, Hey, I didn't approach that properly. Like, cause I don't want to be that guy on a field, on a court anywhere, you know? Yeah. Hey dude, I was being a dick. Like I shouldn't have followed you that way or whatever. Cause I've, I've had that on the basketball court. I mean, you've seen me play basketball. I've seen you play football and you've even walked up to someone afterwards and like picked them up. Like, Hey, well, my bad on that one, you know, yeah. cause no matter what, yeah, I'm competitive. I want to beat the guy in front of me, but I don't want to hurt the guy in front of me. No, no. Cause then you don't, you know, I don't know. I feel like in our situation, obviously you hurt somebody, the game's over kind of, right? Like, okay. But even like professionally, I think it's very rare. I think you have those people like Avantes Perfect, uh, who I think was like maybe historically. Just maliciously like to hit people. Or yeah, people. but I think wholeheartedly like no professionals like, oh, I want to hurt that guy because yeah. it ruins the game. It, you know, you take out the best quarterback in the game. Sure, you might have won the game, but you ruined the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's more there goes more to it. You you want to get the guy, you want to win, but you don't you don't want you don't have the intention of hurting him. I don't think I don't think uh, like holistically, like I do believe there's dirty players. I think uh yeah, Dominic I mean, Sue is yeah. one of them. Right? I think yeah, Sue's like one that. of them who I believe is in order to get players out of the game. But I think if if it ever came out and he like had a real heart to heart on a on a like on a podcast or something, I 
I want to think his intention would be, I wanted to take that man out of the game for that game. I never wanted to ruin someone's season or career. Right. Yeah. Like same thing with Vontez Perfect. I don't know the guy, but like, I want to believe that he's like, Hey, I wanted to take Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco out for that game. So I knew if I hit him hard enough, he would be out for that game, but it wouldn't affect his life or his career or his season, you know, yeah. like, you get the best receiver of a team out for that game, you have a better chance of winning that game. But you take them out for the season, you've kind of you've you've hurt the product. You've hurt the product of the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do believe there's players that are like, hey, if I can take this guy out for this game, I'm good. But I also believe that most of them, I would like to think almost all of them are like, I don't want to ruin this guy's season or life or career, you know? Yeah. Because now it's like malevolent. Like now you're an evil individual. Do those exist? Of course. But I think holistically they don't. Yeah. For the most, yeah, I would say that's a very rare, it's a very rare. But there's no doubt in my mind that every time a Sean Gary sacks the quarterback, he wants to take him out of the game because it probably increases your chances of winning. But I would be severely disappointed if I like, heard that oh i want to ruin this guy's career like oh come on man you know like come on dude that that's like you're taking a guy's livelihood now and i don't think anyone everyone knows how i think everyone in that state knows how short that life is and it's like well i don't want to ruin someone else's career because i know my career could be you know yeah it's almost like wishing bad upon it's like that bad karma yeah yeah we didn't i'm just thinking like we didn't talk about the games really at all man no, I don't know, dude. I think I think that's what happens when you lose. Like you don't really you're just like fucking we lost. Like <clears throat> Well, I think it's it has a lot to do with how we're losing. Yeah. Like just disappointing. I would rather get blown out, man. Then yeah, I say that, but then when we do get blown out, I'm even like I'm just uh, super but it's, mad. to me it's worse, like okay. Yeah. Th- let's Eagles game in particular, right? Because a game we could have won, another game we could have won. Uh, big time opponent, right? Even like when we beat Dallas, I was stoked. Like, damn, Dallas is a good squad. You know, that's a real good team, in, in my opinion, one of the top teams in the NFC. But you know, so like the Eagles game, it does not start well, right? So no, I'm like, wow, here it goes, right? This is it, because we're all saying must win game, right? We got to run the table, run the table. And the here it goes to real quick. Let me just interject. But the here it goes is going, well, we're finally going to get blown out. Like we're finally going to get exposed for who we are. Well, and then, and then that, like, that's it, right? Like that, we're going to lose and really kiss the playoffs goodbye. Not that there was a whole lot of hope, but you know what I mean? Like, but then, right. Then what, it, what uh, we get like a de- defense makes a play. The offense starts clicking. We get some scores. I think uh, did Crosby miss an extra point? I think right. He did, um, but I mean, but, we they but did it was too. A tie so game then, right, it was thirteen thirteen. Well, I thought we went up. No, was, we went up fourteen thirteen. Fourteen thirteen. Oh, and, and then, then we, we missed the next one. It was twenty yeah. twenty. So what happened was the touchdown, the Aaron Jones screen pass, right? That went. Yeah. And then I believe the Randall Cobb. Like yep. that, that throw was unbelievable. Yep. Across the middle on his third lead. If you watch the, the, the Sunday night football crew, they like showed how Rogers does his front to back. And that was just, I mean, that ball was thrown on a fucking rope. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then 
the Aaron Jones uh, touchdown on the wild, you know, extended play, and then Crosby missed. But yeah. the thing yeah. is, I think what I'm you're saying, getting once, at is once yeah. that happened, you get that it gives you back life. It gives you the life. You got like, the juice. Dude, we're not out of this shit. Not only are we not out of this game. But yeah, we're in it, dude. We we're gonna make the fucking playoffs. We're gonna show everybody that we still got it. We're we got the grit, and then, then it's like fuck, man, we suck. So that I we just can't like stop the run. Booster of emotions. Well, yeah, because if say the run, if you're getting blown out, then you're just like, yeah, you don't even think you're gonna win the game. And then obviously in our position, we're like, yeah, that's all right. We you know we play like this. I don't want to make the playoffs because we're gonna get blown out there. You know. Yeah, and I do believe, and we're talking hindsight again, but I do believe Sunday was one of those days that you're like, man, if the defense would have just played a little better, the offense did play better. And it's yeah. like, we but finally the, the, had it. My bad. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, we finally had a time where we were like, holy shit, our offense is clicking. And while our defense this year hasn't been the defense we expected or wanted, they at least were holding play. They were holding teams to a manageable manageable like situation where we could have won if our offense yeah, played better. It was at a, we, they were at a close distance. It wasn't out of, yeah, you but know, this one, you know, reach. 363 yards, like this, this performance from the defense on Sunday was embarrassing. Like it was flat see, out embarrassing, that, but that has been the story of the season, man. And I, I know we talked about this. I talked about this with drew, like in that Philly game, we get a 50, like 50 yard kick return and we go three and out. Right. Yeah. 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 Then, it's 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 situational we score, football. We score a touchdown. We come back. Right. Then defense gives up a touchdown, or the defense got to stop finally, and we threw an interception. You know what I mean? It's just, situational it just football hasn't up. been. Nothing there. is lining up. You know. Yeah, and I I was kind of talking over you on accident, but it's the situational football. Like we're not taking advantage of the times that we need to take advantage, like a good yeah. kick return, like a turnover. We're just not taking advantage of those. So our situational football this year has been atrocious because you do take advantage at those points. You you put a team away in the third quarter. Cha- like you said about the Vikings game, that one play, while we got blown out, but those plays changed the trajectory of the game. It's just that's how it is, and that's how it is for every team, not just our team. Like every team goes through that same thing. If you get an interception, your defense gives you the ball, and you don't even get three points out of it, to me it's a waste. Right. Yeah, it's like we make a stop on the one, like that defensive stop. And we got then a fourth down stop. We did. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We make we a stop on the one. Well, statistic, if you look at statistics, it is better to go for it on that because you pro- you statistically you're more you have a better chance of scoring a touchdown because your defense statistically will hold them. But the thing is, no, but I'm we, saying, ran... like, we, 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 we get the stop, but we don't get anything out of it, you know? Like, yes. I, and I'm saying holistically from an NFL standpoint, that is the norm, but it almost seems like it's our, like it's, it's, uh, it's our fate to this year. Like we get the ball on the one and we go fucking three and out. So now what do we do? We punt and they get the ball on the 35 with four downs, you know? And it's like, and then we give up a touchdown and you're like, Jesus, I'd rather have them score. Let's get a kick return to the 30 and just start over. Like, yeah. You know, like, it just is one of those things. Like, well, we just wasted fucking 10 minutes for nothing. Like, we wasted that defensive possession for nothing. And that's just us this year. It's just situational football. Like, you can't, we can't get out of our own way. And that is, I think, if you look back on the 2022 season for the Green Bay Packers, we were unable to get out of our own way. 
You make a great stop on defense and Amari Rodgers muffs a punt. You make a good stop on defense and we go three and out. They have a huge drive that the defenders have the, or the opposite team has a huge drive, 13 plays, eight fucking uh, eight minutes. Yeah. It was like and nine minutes, wasn't it? Well, I'm, I'm saying just, Hit, oh, like general, the, like theoretically through the through the season, oh, but our I was defense. Say, Philly definitely had a drive like that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, but also uh, the game before the Titans, that was their whole game. They had like yeah. three drives that were 15 plus plays, uh, nine plus minutes. And what do we do on offense? We go three and out. So yeah. now what do you have? You have a super tired defense, and well, then and they give up. Then they give up penalties. They give yep. up plays. And I, I, I know that we're, we're getting, like, long on here, so we'll have to talk about this probably the next episode. But Jair has really been pissing me off. I've been yeah. so fucking irked by him because he's out there and he's cocky and he's showboating. And, like, we're getting fucking work, bro. Like, what are you doing that little, I don't know if it's a sword. I think he's, yeah, he's bullshit yeah. or what he looks like he's buckling himself in. Yeah, like, buckle up, bro. You're about to get fucking worked again on the next drive. I don't know. It's just that shit like that irritates me because you're not helping the team win. You're, you're out there like, oh, I'm still good. I'm talking shit. No, bro, you guys suck. You guys and I can like shit. I agree with you, and I understand why you're upset. I do like his moxie, and I like his attitude, and I like what he brings. I think there's a time and a place for it. And when you're 4-7 and, and you're playing as – bad as our defense has you might need to calm that shit down a little bit so i agree with you but i also think that's what makes jair jair and here's where we'll go and i'll wrap this part up because i did ask us to keep this close to an hour and we're at yeah i haven't i haven't had dinner yet i'm starving bro but i'll wrap it up here is i think when we're talking about our defensive backs is when i would shit on the scheme more Right. Like I know yeah. we, we started off saying, hey, it's not all scheme. It's missed tackles. It's defense not playing well. But I do believe with the talent in our defensive backfield, Sands Savage, um, <laughs> we should not be this bad passing defense yeah. wise because yeah. you do have. And I do believe Jair is a top five corner. <laughs> I do believe Russell Douglas is a starting corner. And I do believe Eric Stokes is a starting corner. So if, in my opinion, we have three cornerbacks that are top 30 in the league. Yeah. Or top 60, right? So there's yeah. 32 teams, top 64. <clears throat> the problem is they're not playing to their strengths. And I will say that, in my opinion, from a defensive backfield perspective, is schematics. Now, I do agree it's a little bit different. I'm not taking away from your argument. Um, he needs to calm the cockiness down because in the end uh, – we're not playing well. So like, and we're not winning. That's the thing too. Like, it's not that you're just not playing well, but we're all losing. Yeah. Um, But I could see, I I could, I could added to me. It just adds a little bit to it. Like if we were still winning games, like they were getting, Oh, they gave up 300 yards, but they got a stop or they got an interception. All right. Kudos to you a little bit, but like, we're not doing that and we're not winning games either. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Down is what I, I was going to say I could put up with him if he, if he was playing like his Pro Bowl self, yeah. but he's not. Yeah. He's not. So, like, I agree with you. Like, calm it down. But, again, 
how much of it is I still am that talented. I just have been put in a bad position. And when I do make a play, I got to make the world know that I made a good play. And that just goes into his personality. And like, I don't know what I do. I want him to change his personality. Not really. Same thing. I, I go back to the Aaron Rodgers. Like I will support him every time he has an on-field blow up. Why? Cause he's competitive. It's his competitive nature. The day oh, that goes away. There's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Cause I think it's one of the same though. Brady does all that shit. No, no, I know, I know, I know you hate when Brady does it and it gets no love. But I, what I'm getting at is like when Jair does his on the field cockiness when he does make a good play, it's similar to me. In, in it's not the same, but it's similar to me when Aaron Rodgers blows up. In that, it's the competitive nature, it's the competitive spirit, like that. I, I, but I get what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I'd want Jair to change because then I think he would stop caring. Like, and I don't want Aaron to stop caring. I don't want him to stop being mad after a bad play, whether it's being mad at himself, being mad at Matt, being mad at the receiver, being mad at the offensive line. Like, I want him to continue to care. Like, it means something. And I think when you take that away or ask a player to take that away, that's what it all is. It's that fire inside that got them to where they are now. So I do agree with you, though. It's annoying as fuck when we're losing and playing bad and our defense is playing bad and you have this dude out there, like, gloating and showboating and you're like, bro, we're down 20. Or, bro, you've given up 360 yards rushing. Like, what the yeah. fuck? You're, you're yeah. part of this defense, too. So I agree with you. It's but to me, note. it's – yeah. No, go ahead. You finish. finish no, I was going to say, but to me, it's no different than us being down two touchdowns and just went three and out again and Aaron Rodgers is cussing someone out after a bad throw. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, side note, when when can we get like an injury, a savage injury that actually is an injury, so that he's not on the field? I don't know, man. That goes back to like, I want what, him to what, be good. What happened to him, man? I don't know. He was good. People are acting, oh, he's a bust. I'm like, dude, he was good. <clears throat> he was one of the best rated safeties in the NFL for the first three years of his career. Him and Amos were like. Uh, the one of the best safety tandems. I don't know. It just it sucks, man. I wish, I wish that he was playing well. Sometimes you just got it for only so long. I guess you know. I never had it at all. So yeah, I and I go back to that <laughs> having the def, like defending the defensive backs. Is it a scheme thing? Like, is he just? But he's also been out of position a lot. He misses a lot of tackles. So like. I don't know. I just hope that if he is somebody that stays on the Green Bay Packers, we find a role for him and or he figures out kind of what went wrong because he had a he had a decent year last year and then he took a really bad turn. Like he he, he really started last year. If you really yeah, look like, at the trajectory of like his play, but it wasn't it like wasn't we can't say bad. no, 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 it, it wasn't. So something happened, right? Um, that confidence, man. It, it's it's a motherfucker, dude. I've yeah. never been a pro athlete, so I don't know what yeah, lack no of confidence idea. can do. But uh, it it's not fun to watch, and it's very no. disheartening because you're like, I know you're better than this. Yeah, and I like. I mean, it's not like I, I you know, like you get mad, but when Savage is good, him, man, I like when we drafted him. I was like, yes, dude, like this is exciting. Like I liked him. I was like. And he played well, you know. I still don't well dislike now. him, but no, I don't no, I, see a, I don't see a saying. spot like, for him on the field. I, he's just not playing well. Yeah, because it doesn't it's, say I mean, it's not personal. 
I'm not like, no. I wish he was off the field because of personal. Like it, he's just not playing well. But I do like that they said, "Hey, we're going some, we're going another route with Rudy Ford, and he's played better." And that's I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's just if we're going to keep him on the roster, and I don't wish anybody to get cut ninety percent of the time because it's their livelihood. And like I don't want to take a man's livelihood. No, no, but, no. Definitely. But if you're gonna play the way he's playing today, I do wishes he gets cut and finds a home somewhere else. I hope yeah. he keeps playing football. But I don't hope he keeps playing football for the Green Bay Packers because in the end, like I want to win, and I don't think he's playing winning football. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> but I don't want him to be out of football. Like anytime I hear someone got cut and then they don't find a job, like it is just to me, it's like, let's say that dude was a good player at some point. Well, because you think of you think of the pillar of professional sports. Like, for me, I work at a bank, right? I don't have like an exciting job, but like I think about a guy that was once playing on Sundays and like coming to work at my job, and I feel but, sad for him. Or, but it's not just I mean? playing on Sundays; he was playing good. Like it wasn't yeah. like oh, the guy was just uh, the eleventh best but defender. No, but, like, and you had... hear those, you hear those guys, right? Like, oh, they're signing quarterback off the street he was selling cars yeah like, that like dude you went from throwing touchdowns to selling cars like that sucks in my opinion but like uh, you know what i mean like it's so like i do feel bad like even seeing melvin gordon get cut and i was like damn man at one point melvin gordon was the fucking man you know what i mean like he was he in, in college yeah, he was one you, of the best running backs ever you know like he, one of the best college quarterbacks ever so uh, like, college running backs, backs ever, yeah. but like um, legendary in college and good with, with the chargers. And, but you know what I mean? So it's just, and I know that's what happens as part but of you turn the ball over. You don't have a job in the yeah. NFL. Like yeah. that's plain and simple. Like I guarantee you, Mario Rogers is more athletic than I could ever dream of, but he turned the ball over and it didn't click and it didn't work on our offense. Yeah. And I hope he has a, I hope he finds, and is he revitalized had no in the last game, so I don't even know if he's playing. <clears throat> well, the thing is, I don't dislike Amari Cooper or Rogers, right? Like, I, I, yeah. just, I, don't, I just don't, I don't want you on the Green Bay Packers. You're costing <laughs> us games. Like, no, I, I completely agree, man. I get it. I get it. But um, let's re- wrap this bad yeah, boy up. Re- realistically, we got to beat the Bears, right? Well, so I'm in off-season mode, and what I mean by that is. Nothing. What we got going on for the future? Uh, sort of. But more than that, I'm about draft picks, right? The every game we win, we lose. Yeah. Uh, positioning for a higher draft pick, right? There is one game in the world that I will never say, "Oh, I hope we lose." That's this one. And that's Chicago Bears. I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck if it means we get the number one pick or. This sounds crazy, or the 32nd pick. And that's not possible, but you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. I refuse I... to ever accept or say, I hope we lose to the Bears. Absolutely not. We can go one and four in the next five games, and we get a top 10 pick. And I probably will be like, all right, I'm okay with how this fucking worked out. And if we could have been the seventh pick instead of the ninth, if we lost to the Bears, guess what? I yeah, don't fuck. give a fuck. Yeah, I don't. Give a flying fuck. Why? Because if I can, man, if I can, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that I get to do anything because I'm just a piece of shit fan who <laughs> hates the Chicago Bears. But if I can look in the mirror and go, well, we went 
five and eleven, but we beat the Bears twice, baby. <laughs> and it's not like I think it's different. So I want to clarify this. I think that is a different mindset than the Bears saying like, "Oh, I can't wait to beat the Packers," because that's the only thing that they have going for them. Like, yeah. When they when and if they beat us, they're so happy because you're that bad. Uh, like you're just historically bad. Like I don't know. It, it's different than like, but I could see how another fan would be like, "Oh, they're told Bearfield, so you talk shit." Yeah, because that's the only thing they have going for them. Yeah. But uh, so to answer your question, I will never agree to uh, to willingly lose to the Bears. Does Aaron Rodgers play? Uh, do I think he plays? Yes. Do I think he should play? I think that is – I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <clears throat> but I like what he said today. I'm open to sitting if we're mathematically out. Like, I thought that was – and someone could go, well, he's got to say that. No, he doesn't. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's been playing for 18 years, and he's a future Hall of Famer. You yeah. Say shit. Yeah. Um, I like that he's he's willing to concede that and see what we have in love. And I know he believes in love, according to everything I've read and everything he said. It, it does sound like him. And I mean, he said yesterday on the Pat on Pat show, like he's like a little brother to me. I, he means yeah, a lot I to me. I, I have to watch that. I forgot to watch it today. Normally, I watch it the next day. Yeah, so the recap on that little tidbit was like he said, like, I want him to succeed um, because I care about him a lot. He's like a little brother to me, and I really, really care about him. So, like, and I I believe that's the truth. Like, why wouldn't – you know what I mean? Like, I take the man I mean, yeah. for what he – I don't I, – I think he's a – I see, that's the thing. Like, I think he's a genuine person. So, like, when he says shit, I believe him. Because he's been pretty straightforward about shit. You know, people hate him. They can hate on him. They can say whatever they want. But I, I feel like he's a pretty upfront person. You know what I mean? And he's, to me, he's relatable. I mean, the guy, how many people don't talk to their family? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people out there like that. But people say, oh, he doesn't even talk to his family. Like, dude, well, shit, neither do you. Yeah. Like, you know, he. Well, I'm not an athlete. Yeah. Well, he's obviously more busy than you. So. <laughs> You're not an athlete. But you know what I mean? Like they get on him for that shit. They got on him for the ayahuasca. They got him. It's like, you know, just, I don't know. I think he's a genuine person. So, like, when he says shit like that about love and, like, he's just, and he's honest. Like, he even said, you know, like, about Watson and Dobbs and those guys and they're making mental mistakes. And, like, it's not like a knock. He's just trying to help them get better. Like, he wants them to be better. Like, you're dumb to think that this guy doesn't want the guys that are playing with him to be better. Like, you know, like, what do you think he's like, oh, get rid of the whole receiver room, bring in a new one. Like, that's just not how that shit works. You want the guys that you got to be good. You know, it's not, I don't know. I, I, I could go, like, on and on about that. But Yeah, and I'm, I am going to wrap this up, but this is that. why I believe he's coming back next year. And I think the main, there's two main reasons. Maybe three, maybe two and a half. Number one, Christian Watson. Number two, Romeo Dobbs. And number three, Samari Toure. I think he legitimately sees promise in them <clears throat> and he in in this might go to his narcissistic because i do believe he's a narcissist but i think every great athlete's a narcissist and we can talk about that another day but 
I believe he internally wants to walk away from the game going, I made those two or those three what they are today when he finally hangs it up. Well, and, and I, I think, think though too, like he does, he's not going out like this, not fucking well, four or five game winner. That's it. Like he's not doing that. You know I agree. I mean? Not, not with his thumb. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going out like that. I mean, granted you can't control, he could come back next year, get hurt again. You know, you can't control that kind of shit, but you're definitely looking at your life and being like, dude, this is not how I'm going out. You're at no, least going to try again. I agree with that, but I think even more than that, he sees talent. And he's like, why would I leave quite possibly the most talented, not the best, I think the best is still Jordy, James, and probably Devante. Yeah. Randall, and I, Greg might have even been on that team. But, like, best was probably them with Jermichael Finley, right? And then, but I think talented, we he may have the best, the most talented young receivers he's ever had. And I'm just talking about those three. I'm not talking about the whole receiving core. I'm just talking about those three. Yeah. And I think he internally probably goes, man, I could do something with these guys, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could see that. So I don't know. We'll it's, see. It's but gotta be, It's got to be exciting for an older quarterback to go with some young guys and get one last – you know, because that's like one last hurrah, right? You got these young guys, they're, they got athleticism, they got speed, they got, you know what I mean? They got just different shit. And you're like, man, let me see if I can go out, like go out guns blazing with these guys. Yeah, I agree. You know? Same. I feel like probably Brady had the same feeling when he went to Mike Evans, Godwin, you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, these, these guys, this might be exciting. I've never had this really outside of the, you know, time he had Moss, but. So, but yeah, I I I I think he'll play. Um, I would love to. I would I would love to see Love play. Not gonna lie, but I feel like we're gonna at least get one or two games of Love starting at the end of the year. I think so too. I just think that someday you give you give this to twelve if he says if he's if he medically can, cleared. If he says he can play. Yeah, you gotta let him play against the Bears. Yeah, you have to. Well, yeah, that, that's part of it, but it's also like he says, like I, I live for these games, and like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, hopefully, we get a victory Monday, bro. We It'd need- be nice to get one more, and then after that, I think we could probably hang them up because I want a higher draft pick. That draft pick, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong for that, bro. If we're not gonna win the Super Bowl, then I would rather much, much rather get a a better or. I shouldn't say that. I would. I like being in the playoffs. I'm not gonna lie. These people like Bears fans can't understand it. Like, well, you made the playoffs, but you lost. But like, bro, you fuckers suck. You haven't even sniffed the playoffs. Like, yeah, and I definitely like to talk about that more because I feel the opposite. Do you? I do love the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if there's more disappointment than losing in the playoffs than knowing you have the 27th pick, knowing that it's most likely not going to be. A, a cha- game changer. A game changer day one because – and we could say that, but we could also say the third pick's not going to be a game changer day yeah, one. Yeah, but yeah, never know. My point is I live and die by the – if you're not going to win the Super Bowl, go 0-16. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know, that's that's super dramatic. But – But it's not wrong, though. Because, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Every fan you talk to. When their team sucks and yours makes the playoffs, but you don't win the Super Bowl, the first thing they say, well, you didn't win the Super Bowl. 
So, I mean, you know, that thought process isn't bad. Like, Super Bowl or nothing, I'd rather, yeah, get the top five pick and um, if I know I'm not going to win a Super Bowl. But that's hindsight again, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't want to go 0-16 because when we're 0-11, I'm going to be so fucking disappointed. But <laughs> but the, the my point is, like, hindsight-wise, I would rather go 0-16, maybe 1-15, and have the number one pick, then go to the NFC Championships and lose. And then yeah. have the 20, 27, 28. And again, it's dramatic. I don't want to go 1-15, and 15, but I don't want to lose in the NFC Championship game. <clears throat> yeah. Because then it's, I guess, yeah, you're right. You get so close. But, um, but yeah, man, let's beat the Bears. Let's have a victory Monday. And uh, hopefully our next episode can uh, can be a little bit more uplifting. Sounds good, bro. All right, man. Well, you take it All easy, right. bro. Hey. Peace. Peace.